This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The day after Halloween. Time change weekend. Going to gain an hour, baby. Fall back. Oh, the night of today, November 1st, 2014. Wow. Still plenty of Ebola to worry about. Ebola! Still plenty of that to worry about. Uh, aliens, we find out this weekend that it is real. Yes, we'll get into that just a little bit. It's been a busy, busy week. And more to come as we come into the home stretch at the end of the year. Oh, man. Full scale pedal to the metal acceleration. So grab on. Grab on. It's going to be a wild, wild ride. Breaking news this morning. Breaking news this morning. Last night, out trick-or-treating with the family, getting bags and loads of candy and fun. (laughs) Breaking news comes across. A Mexican federal district judge in Tijuana ordered the immediate release of U.S. Marine veteran being held in Baja, California on federal weapons charges. Andrew Tamarisi, who is on trial for crossing the border with ammunition and three loaded weapons on March 31st, held for 214 days. He returned to the United States last night. The decision by the Mexican Attorney General's office to cease its prosecution of Tamarisi brings to a close the high-profile case that has resounded beyond the border. Now, we are going to reach out and have reached out to Jill, his mother, and maybe we'll try to uh, have her on this broadcast today. We will talk to her. They did release a statement. Uh, It is with the statement from the family. It is with an overwhelming and humbling feeling of relief that we confirm that Andrew was released today after spending 214 days in Mexican jail. He is back on American soil and will shortly resume treatment for both his pre-existing combat-related PTSD and the residual effects of months of incarceration, which has taken a toll on him far worse than his two tours in Afghanistan. Think of that. We will never be able to adequately express our gratitude for the outpouring of support for Andrew and for us during this ordeal. We are asking the media general public to understand Andrew needs his privacy. I mean, you know, after he talks to us. And uh, space to decompress from the trauma of the past several months. To all those across the country who walked shoulder to shoulder with us as we fought for Andrew, we thank you. It has reminded us that at a time of much discord, Americans come together for one of their heroes, and we have never been more proud to be Americans. The support we received for We the People petition was overwhelming and deeply humbling. The depth of our gratitude cannot adequately express in words. 
We also want to acknowledge and thank those who played an invaluable role in Andrew's case. Our family owes them a debt of gratitude. I will tweet this out at Jeffy MRA. There's a list of people and services that they thank. They also thank us here at The Blaze uh, and Glenn for the daily count, number of days. I mean, and he, he, Greta Van Susteren, Joseph Cobb, Dan Gallo, Glenn Beck, and The Blaze, uh, Chris Como, Nick Valencia, others, CNN, and the San Diego Union Tribune. So, I mean, it's been... Uh, been a fine ride we've discussed it here uh, many times on this broadcast so it's good that uh andrew is gone it's amazing uh former uh, new mexico governor bill richardson was uh instrumental in this as a matter of fact um he put out a statement uh, the richardson center uh put out a statement saying he is honored to assist in today's release of Andrew Tamarisi and the U.S. Marine veteran that was held in the Mexican prison since April, um, well, March 31st. Richardson has been in the San Diego, Tijuana area this week advocating for Andrew's release and will escort Andrew and his mother back home. And the article that I read from, it shows Andrew getting on a plane. Uh, He was uh, the governor's foundation, the Richardson Center for Global Engagement, has worked closely on this case and has provided the chartered flight that will bring Andrew home. I'll tweet that as well. You can see there's a little bit more to that press release. And press releases, I mean, I'm not going to read you the whole darn press release, okay? But yay! How about that? Breaking news on Halloween. October 31st, 214 days, Andrew Tamarisi comes home. And is uh, free and back in the United States. I don't. I. I don't want to put a damper on this whole thing. But how does this administration take credit for this? I'm looking forward to seeing it. And isn't it a surprise that it happens this weekend? I mean, there's only a you know a little bit of an election happening this week. I know I don't. I'm over it too. But there is a little bit of an election this week, and so you know, suppose we need to you know get out and vote. Make that difference, right? Right. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 1-888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. You can tweet me at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, been a, it's been a fun night. I was really excited. We were out trick-or-treating had uh, had a lot of fun, uh, you know. The kids love it, and there was a lot. Of, there was some tremendous costumes we saw all night long uh, from all over the area, and uh, we went to uh, one specific neighborhood, and uh, I used my you know my secret my secret plan to get more candy, and it worked. <laughs> You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The 
Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. That is the toll-free telephone number, which do we really need toll-free phone numbers anymore? 888-900-3393. That's the phone number. Immediately following this broadcast, a Michael Pelka and his broadcast comes on. The pure... Opelka. Then the Glenn Beck Weekend, then Chris Salcedo, then Mike Slater, then Joe Paggs. My gosh. Why do you even go anywhere else? I mean, there's no sense. There's no, you don't even, look, it's, it's, most of the country is going to be cold today. Stay inside. Leave the Blaze Radio Network on. Hello. So we did find out uh, this weekend, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I mean, it's kind of been out there for a little while. But uh, aliens are real. Now, I'll tweet this story uh, that is up on the blaze because uh, there is a video, uh, uh, according to this man, uh, Boyd Bushman. Uh, he claimed to be a former Lockheed Martin engineer. Uh, he was on his deathbed. He died uh, uh, August 7th at 78. And his video is about 35 minutes, something like that long. I made it through the first five or six uh, yesterday, and then I just had so many other things going on, I couldn't make it through the other 25. So I'll make it through the other 25. I promise I'll do it this weekend. Okay. But you can make it through it if you want. I'll tweet it out. But the story on The Blaze talks about him saying, and he does say it in the, at least in the first five minutes, that he had top secret clearance. Um. And uh, the, an interview, oh, he was with Mark Q. Patterson, an aerospace engineer, according to the video. Bushman then detailed incidents with aliens, presenting what he said was a photo evidence of extraterrestrial beings. They're approximately four and a half to five feet tall. They have three backbones. They're actually cartilage. Bushman said the aliens had fingers and toes like humans, but claimed they communicated in a much more advanced way. They're able to use their own voice by telepathy to talk to you. You walk in a room with one of them, and all of a sudden you find yourself giving the answer to your question in your own voice. According to Bushman, there are two two types of aliens. That's like a cattle ranch. He said, noting that some could live more than 200 years. One group is wranglers. The others were rustlers, the stealers of the cattle. Bushman said the wranglers are much more friendly and have a better relationship with us. He also said that the alien planet is some 65 light years away from Earth, but can be traveled to in under an hour using alien technology. According to the Texas News outlet, a biography assessed through the Internet archiving site appeared to validate claims that Bushman worked at Lockheed Martin, saying he worked in advanced aircraft concepts. Mm. So it came out in October, 
And then lately everybody realized, oh, my gosh, he's actually talking about aliens and it could be real. So it's gone. Say it with me. Viral. So I'll tweet that up there, but aliens are real. Okay? And you don't believe you don't have to listen to me. And you don't have to listen to me. Listen to Boyd Bushman. He's he's the guy. He's the man. Uh you know, he's he's an old man sitting in front of a camera telling us his story, which is fascinating as it is. Uh it actually is pretty it is fascinating and i'm I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the video and you know the thing is is that he believes and what makes it kind of real to me is that he believes that he talked about uh all the uh secret information and he talked about how he thought that much of that information should be released to the public he didn't say all he didn't say all at all he said uh you know most or much of that information should be released, that the American people should know, the people should know uh, a lot of this information that is top secret, that's classified top secret, so that they know, uh, which led me to kind of believe that he that he was telling the truth because, you know, the the people that uh, talk about, uh, yeah, everybody needs to know everything and all information released, you know, I don't know. I, maybe not. I mean, do we need to know Everything, everything for some kind of national security, probably not. Probably not. I think we're okay not knowing some stuff for national security and to keep everyone safe. Because, you know, you wouldn't want people to, you wouldn't want to have people safe. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? You know what people say? That's stupid. So I'm out last night trick-or-treating, and we're going by some houses, and I'm told, okay, this is a good one. They're going to jump out at the kids, and they're going to scare the kids. And You know, okay, well, it's kind of fun watching some of that happen a little bit once in a while when it's, you know, fun, fun. But then I got to thinking, my wife uh, started talking about the one house that they lived in in Pennsylvania that was haunted. Now, the family swears by the haunting of this house. There is a picture, a photo that I found, and I, uh, going through old photos of their of their family stuff, I was just rifling through old photos of their family stuff going, oh my gosh, I get myself into. But, uh... I find one photo of my wife and her sisters in front of the house, and the ghost is looking out of the top window. The haunting in Pennsylvania. Yes. The ghost is looking out of the house in Pennsylvania. It was pretty amazing. So I see, uh, do you think you're, have you ever lived in a haunted house? Because... That's, you know, they, yeah. So, I mean, they talk about unexplained noises. Huh? Unexplained noises. Doors, cabinets, and cupboards opening and closing. Lights turning off and on. Items disappearing and reappearing. Unexplained shadows. Strange animal behavior. Feelings of being watched. 
mild psychokinetic phenomena. Feelings of being touched. Cries and whispers in your house. Cold and hot spots. Unexplained smells. Moving or levitating objects. Physical assault. Other physical evidence. Apparitions. Any of that happen? And your house could be haunted. In Pennsylvania, I think the biggest area of, of I don't I don't know if it's the biggest, but I know that there's many places in Pennsylvania, especially um, uh, in uh, Bucks County, a little north of Philadelphia, uh, is pretty haunted. That entire county is a haunted county. Some bad things happen in that county. They're there to make us remember it at all times. So if you have any of those things happen in your house at all, now some of those actually could be, you know, explained like you're living with me. Like the, you know, I don't know, being watched, <laughs> unexplained smells. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff in here that could be, you know, explained away. There's no question about that. <laughs> but... uh there is a place uh, called the South Carolina Paranormal Research and Investigations. Yes, the South Carolina Paranormal Research and Investigation. They tell us. They get people contacting them to look into all those strange happenings. And they say that we take any case where we can't figure out what's going on by just talking to the client. And they just want to help course they just want to help that's all there is to it they just want to help so if you have any of those on the day after halloween november 1st 2014 any of those doors cabinets cupboards opening closing lights turning on and off items disappearing reappearing unexplained shadows cries and whispers cold or hot spots you can let the unexplained smells that's kind of, I'm not sure that I buy that. Moving or levitating objects. Now, according to my wife, when she was growing up, uh, they actually had, they actually had the uh, levitating objects, uh, colder hot spots, that feeling of being watched. And there may have been some minor physical activity from the ghosts to the uh, other humans in the house. So be careful. Be careful out there. If you've got a haunted house, you could be in real trouble if the ghost is not a nice ghost. And there aren't very many nice ghosts out there. Actually, that's probably not true. Most ghosts are probably most ghosts are probably really nice. Doggone it. Don't throw them all into the same thing. What are you? What kind of anti-ghost hater person are you? You make me sick the way you jumble all the ghosts into one pile like that. All ghosts are not bad. They're not bad. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And we are smack dab headed into the into the holiday season like a rocket ship. Ooh, better not use that. This week was a tough week on rocket ships, man. One unmanned blows up, and the second yesterday space travel test flight crashes. Very sad. However, uh, well, I'll find the story. <laughs> uh, I'll find the story. But uh, we did have reports that they were, uh, you know, using uh, the they were using Russian rocket engines. Hey, uh, how about how about we make them? How about that? Uh, you know what, Russia? Eh, we'll use our own. Thanks, though. Appreciate it. So, uh, holidays are right around the corner. Sears. Very sad news. Sears. Closing 77 stores. Between Sears and their Kmart stores. 77 stores. Wow. So, 5,300, 5,300 jobs cut. Okay. And want to know the saddest news of all? They couldn't wait till after the holidays. Those bastards. The fact that most of these stores are going to close before Christmas. They are this they're they're done. I mean, we most stores think, well, you know what? We're hanging on. We're hanging on by the the hairs on our chinny chin chin. And we're going to try to make it through the holidays and maybe that will boost us over the top. Uh-uh. Nope. Not this year. Don't care. We're out. Have a nice day. We're out. So, you know, maybe you get some good deals. I don't know if they're going to move everything, uh, move everything to other stores, or they're just going to, you know, clearance sale it all. But uh, have a nice day. Good luck. God bless. Actually, they usually have. I love some of the. Uh, <laughs> I love some of the furniture that they use in the stores to display things. Uh, they got some great. Usually, a lot of those stores have some really nice tables. And uh, that's how where they display their items. So anyway, you know, you can go out and get a good deal on some really nice tables. And some of those bigger tables that are high, you know, they display things on. Think about this. I'm going to give you a little, I'll give you a little decorating tip from me to you, okay, for free. You get those bigger tables that are up high. You cut the legs off, cut the legs down. They make tremendous coffee tables. They're sturdy. You can sit on them. The kids can play on them. It's just you know what? You're welcome. You're welcome for that, okay? So you just go to those clearance when they're closing up those stores like that and get those big, strong display tables. And I mean, if you could use them the way they are, great, because they're, they're beautiful tables. But you can look at them a little different with the legs, you know, down as coffee table size in front of your sofa in the family room or the living room or the playroom, you know, wherever your kids are, and you can use it as a game table, Sit around. The kids can sit on it. They can jump on it. They can do whatever they want. Things not going anywhere. Sturdy as heck. Yeah, I know. A light just went off on the top of your head. You are welcome. I know. I know. I got it. Okay. Remember, uh, remember Brittany Maynard, the uh, lady who suffers from terminal brain cancer, who said, "Hey, I'm announcing that I'm going to willingly end my life on November 1st." Hey, that's today. Oh my gosh. 
and everybody was up in arms and she was saying that she'd made the decision and it was her and her husband and that was it. Well, she's not going to do it now. She said, uh, this might not be the right time after all. I still feel good enough and still have enough joy and still laugh and smile with my family and friends enough that it doesn't seem like the right time right now. She also said, but it will come because I feel myself getting sicker. It's happening each week. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a disease. But, you know, most people would say, I'm going to fight the disease and we'll see what happens. I'm not going to give up. Okay? Okay. So, she said, you know, in the last three months she's gained 25 pounds, uh, which is amazing. But she said she's, you know, just had medicine in her mouth, so it's just medicine bloating her up, which is really, some of the cancer medicines do that, and it's very frustrating for the people who have it. I've, I've seen it happen. Um, and, uh, she said she's not full of self hate or loathing. It's just that, uh, her body has changed so much that she doesn't even recognize her body anymore. And, uh, you know, all the medications and everything have really changed her. So, you know, I understand the struggle. I get it. It makes a, you know, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to go through for, you know, the, the person obviously, and, you know, all the surrounding people, the family members, the friends, uh, the interactions with the people that you had every day that go away. Uh, that's the most frustrating of the things that people that you miss the most. Think about that. You know, you see your family every day. And, you know, those interactions are special. And you shouldn't, you know, if, if you say, like they told Brittany, you know, you're, you know, the story of if you're going to die, you know, next week, what would you change? And you should say nothing i'm doing everything i want to do right now every day and i tell all the people that i love i love them i hug them i got whatever everything is just the way i want i want to continue that way most people don't live that way most people would say well i want to make sure that i tell my you know tell my son who i haven't talked to in so long that i love him tell you know i want to do this i'd like to go here i'd like to go there and you know it's a difficult thing but it's the it's the people that you see day to day out on a job, uh, you stop at the you stop at the corner store two times a week, and you see the lady that's working the counter, and you talk to her for a little bit, and it's just those daily interactions that you miss when you're really sick and you have to stay home or stay in the hospital. And it's also strange that the interactions with the, some of the people that you have those interactions with every day change when they realize you're sick, which is why a lot of people don't want to tell people that they're sick. So they don't want those reactions to change. So anyway, Brittany, Brittany is uh, decided that uh, she is going to live. She's not going to kill herself. It's November first, and she's sticking around. So good for her. From the file of Wow, you think you got it bad? Well, Brittany was there. No question about that. Brittany was definitely there. We're all happy that uh, you know we're not Brittany, and and I mean that. With, and I have prayers for everyone that I don't want you to be Brittany, and I don't want you to be put in a position that she's in. But uh, Karen Marks uh, believed that uh, this is, well, Karen, Karen, first of all, this is a little issue I have with Karen uh, Marks out of uh, Wisconsin. She always believed that a blood moon rising was an omen for a significant life change. Couldn't have been anything else, but that blood moon rising was it. So when the red-orange orb rose on October 8th, it's the first day she saw her husband in nine years. She took it as a sign of better days to come.
Well, I guess it had worked. She'd been searching for her husband since he disappeared in 2005. He left no note, gave no explanation, and sent no word for almost a decade until she tracked him down on Facebook. What she found shocked her. Not only was Adam L. Marks living in Wisconsin, he was happily married to someone else. And I use that word happily very lightly because Adam doesn't sound like a happy guy as we go on. I just thought, how could he get married again? Am I dead? What did he do with my identity? It was surprising, turning in the mystery of the missing husband, but it was one that Karen was willing to solve. So she met Adam at the county fair in the shadows of the zipper ride. Her favorite. He was working at the fair, running the ride. And Karen Shepard found herself instantly attracted to the man with long hair and endless charm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But he's married. He's got a, he's got a wife. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. He left. He's out. He's gone. Now, you know what's weird about this? Now you think, okay, that's, you know, you see that you hear that all the time. But it goes on, and he was really not that good a thing. And he had left before. Uh, they After they were married, uh, he took off again after the first year. And then he came back right around Christmas when she was getting her Christmas bonus. <laughs> that's when Karen should have said, look, dude. Get out. Okay? She did say, if you ever do this to me again, I won't take you back. I did it once. I won't do it twice. Which, you know, okay, she did do that, but I don't even know that I would have done that. I would have said, dude, really? Really? We just got married within the year you took off, and now you want back in after my, you know, right around Christmas when I've got some cash? Uh, No. Get out. But they reunited, moved to Clinton, Montana, she cashed in her 401k. Bad move. I mean, it's a good move, maybe because the stock market was all gone to hell. But, you know, she just got it for the cash and the taxes. Don't forget, you got to pay taxes on that. And you have to also pay taxes when you take the early withdrawal. Not that I'm familiar with how this works, but if you take out money from your 401k, you, so let's say you close that 401k. Okay, you close that 401k. Side note, side, you close the 401k. And so then you have to pay an early withdrawal fee and, uh, you know, quick hit on that, plus whatever fees are on that. And then you have to pay taxes on the full amount, not the amount you get, but the full amount that you withdrew. Anyway, that's nice of the IRS to do that. I'm just letting you know how, you, how that works. The IRS and I are really good friends, and I understand some of those issues that they like to contest. So then he began to disintegrate after he came back then. They were in Montana pretty soon, pretty soon. He's racking up debt, using payday loans, that he's out. She kicked him out. Get out. He never came back. I thought we were done. I didn't think he was going to come back. But now, Karen said she intends to file for divorce and won't date anyone until it's finalized. I consider myself married. I thought when you married someone, you married him for life, through sickness and in health. But no. She's gone to court, went to the judge. Things are moving along fine. If convicted of fraud, 
Adam could spend six years in prison. Dude, come on, bigamy. Really? Bigamy carries a maximum charge of three and a half years in prison, and he's got fraud, so he could face up to six years. He'd go to jail for 10 years? That's what you get for leaving a woman. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Uh, Pure Opelka immediately following this broadcast at 8 a.m. Eastern. And then the Glenn Beck Weekend, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all round out your Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. So when you're walking down the street and you see, and you see someone hitting someone in the head, maybe you take a second. And step back a little bit because this is this story is a great story, but it also means that people are going to start thinking, "Hey, I can start. I can make people see by just banging them in the head." A woman who lived more than a decade blind says she regained her ability to see after bumping her head on a coffee table nearly fourteen years ago. She'd been ob- unable to see since she was a child because of a tumor pressing down on her optic nerve. Then, ow! And the tumor moved. Nobody knows what happened or can explain it. But I can see. I can see. It was amazing and fantastic. I bet. I bet it was absolutely amazing and fantastic. However, uh, will that... Are you, hey, blind person. Come here. Let me hit your head on the table. I'll make you see. I hope that doesn't start happening around America. Could get ugly. Could get ugly. So I was looking at this story. How many toys you got around your house? Like I have eight. Every time I turn around, I'm tripping over toys and crap everywhere. So I find this story about these uh, toys from the 90s. And the article says uh, toys from the 90s our parents probably shouldn't let us play with. Uh, yeah. But I, so many of these toys, <laughs> moon shoes. You were moon shoes? Oh, man. There are those stupid things everywhere. Sky dancers and dragonflies. I don't know why those were so stupid. Those were fun. The soccer boppers. Oh, man. Remember when you'd blow those up, put those on your hands, and just beat the crap out of people? Oh, yeah. Come on. The pogo balls look like Saturn. You know, with the stand on it, flick around, bounce around on it. Those were tremendous. Those are a great way to bash your skull into those things. You fall, hurt your back. Skip it. Oh, yeah. With the long pole and the ball? Oh, yeah. The uh, splash-off rotter rockets and gigantic trampolines is one of them. Do you know I hurt my back so hard? And I know that they have, you know, the slip and slide and the bubble and all, you know. But the trampolines, I hurt my back so hard on one of those big trampolines. Now, most people fall off to the side and hurt their back and bend off. I was jumping up really high and trying to get as high as I could. And then I sat down. In the middle, you know, like you jump up and you sit down on your butt. And I went down so far that it hit the ground. And I slammed into the ground on my butt. Now, some would say that that was, you know, because I was above the weight limit of the trampoline. 
So when you get a big trampoline and it says, uh, you know, the weight limit, if you go over that weight limit, there's a reason that your butt hits the ground. No figure. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, as stated on the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka coming up right after this broadcast at 8 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, you can download it all if you go to theblaze.com slash radio. Oh, you can even listen again. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And for those of you that aren't listening live but are listening to the download, where were you? Okay? Where were you? We were here. Where were you? I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear it. So I worked in New York, Manhattan. Right now, these studios that I broadcast from are in Dallas, Texas, uh, the Mercury Studios. We worked in New York, Manhattan, every day. For, you know, 100,000 years, felt like. And I lived in Pennsylvania, Bucks County, Ghost County. And I took the train from New Jersey, which is Trenton, which is right. We live not far from it's the Pennsylvania-New Jersey border. And Trenton is a big hub for New Jersey Transit and Amtrak. And then it's a straight shot into Manhattan. Uh, there's a couple of stops in there. We'll give you all the stops. You can stop. You know, we take the, the 601 Express every day, baby. New Jersey Transit. 601 Express shoots you and you'd have the three stops, I think. Three stops and then, uh, you're into, then you're into Penn Station. So, and once in a while you'd miss the New Jersey Transit. You'd be late or the New Jersey Transit would be down. So you'd be running late. You'd miss the, the 601. You have to wait for the 617, whatever. So you take an Amtrak and Amtrak was a lot more expensive. Amtrak claims they want your business, but they don't. They don't want that. It's a lot more expensive to travel Amtrak in and out of the city as a daily commute. Okay, they don't, Those commuters, they say they like commuters, but they don't. They don't. So there's a story here that said uh, the Civil Liberties Union uh, obtained uh, the Amtrak security guidelines. And, you know, you don't see, I tell you, you don't see a lot of um, the kind of security that you see at airports, you don't see at train stations. You do see security, and a lot of times, sometimes, if there's heightened security, you see armed guards, uh, at especially in New York, at Penn Station, and uh, uh, maybe at Trenton, 
Uh, once in a while, you'd see uh, an armed guard with a dog walking the platform, uh, but rare. If they start doing that uh, at train stations, my gosh, it would it would really hurt mass transit on the trains a lot. Because the point of getting to the train is sometimes you're getting there, you're walking fast. I don't run. Uh, you're walking fast to get to the train to make it. You know, you're coming down those stairs, and here comes the 601 into the platform. I mean, it sticks around for, you know, time to load. So you want to get on that bad boy, okay? And so Amtrak has released a completely uh, what they're supposed to watch for, suspicious behavior. Huh. Unusual nervousness of a traveler. Unusual calmness or straight-ahead stare. Looking around while making telephone calls. Position among passengers disembarking ahead of or lagging behind. Carrying little or no luggage. Purchase of tickets in cash. Purchase tickets immediately prior to boarding. Strolling leisurely behind other passengers. Walking briskly because you're in a hurry. Appearing to be calm. All are suspicious behaviors. Okay. Really what they're looking for is something out of the ordinary, right? I mean, you see it all the time. Uh, you know, something out of the ordinary uh, happens on the trains. I mean, I was uh, I had I was part of a robbery attempt, right? When I was on the New Jersey Transit, young punk grabs my wallet off my computer and runs away. And he'd have made it too, except he screwed up. He'd have made it off the train without my, with my wallet. And then he was gone because I'm not running. I'm not running. I got up fast and and ran halfway down the train car and snagged his butt, threw his butt up against the door. But the door didn't open there because they had stopped at a platform where the, that door wasn't on a platform. We were in a couple of the back cars. It was the front cars. So if you wanted if you wanted to get off, you had to go up to the front three or four cars. And so when he made the turn to get off, ha-ha, the door wasn't open. And that's when he ran into me. Mistake. Anyway, that's another story, which I've told before. But it was it's nice to know that, you know, he, <laughs> I had actually people after, after it was all said and done, people were really happy they were coming by. And then when we were disembarking in Trenton, I was walking through the train station and I had left, there was a tag of some kind, did not belong to me, from a company, a company tag that was just a, you know, a door, door slide tag. And uh, it wasn't mine, so I left it there. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not going to take it. The guy might come back. The lady might come back. It might belong to, you know, whatever. And so uh, I'm walking through the train station. This guy comes up behind me and says, "Excuse me, sir, uh, you left this where you were sitting." And I was, there's no way, there's no way that people are going to do that to you unless they had seen me do that that day. Any other day, it's like, "What an idiot! He left his card here. If he doesn't remember it, it's long gone. Have a nice day." All right. I don't know why that ticked me off, but the trains, man, if they started messing with the, I mean, I get it. Nobody wants trouble on it. Nobody wants, people want to go to where they're going. That's why you're not going to have any, there will be no more uh, hijacking in America. Won't happen. Guaranteed. Won't happen. Not in America. You want to know why? Because those days are over. Nobody wants the hassle. And after 9 11, when you when they realized and you saw what happened, Pennsylvania, right? People took over. They're not going to have it. 
It won't happen. And you see people stand up and get rowdy on the plane, and the people are like, shut up and sit the hell down. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants to deal with it. We don't want to wait. We had to wait to get on the stupid plane. They only fly when it's full, so we're jam-packed full of other people sitting here. The seats aren't that comfortable. Shut up. Get us on the ground and get us out of here. If you can't handle yourself, we'll handle you for you, okay? So if they start doing that on the on the trains, oh, my gosh. I mean, people just want to go on the train, sit down, and shut up. One morning... I got on the I got on the train. I was sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I work. I get on. I have you know I have to sing soda. I get you have your laptop. You have your headphones. You can just go into your own world. It's fine, whatever. And uh, it's a great place to go. A great place to get some work done. And you put those headphones on, open up the laptop. You're gone. Just go away. Look out the window once in a while. You got good scenery flying by at 100 miles an hour. You're good. So we're sitting there in the morning, and before when you first sit down, you sit down, you get comfortable, you drink your soda, whatever, have your Metafast bar, and you're just getting ready for the ride. And this guy and this girl are yep 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 yep. And the old man across the hall just leads across. He goes, "This is the six hundred one express. It's a lot of commuters and working. So if you want to talk to each other, sit next to each other and." Keep it down. That's the kind of traveler you want traveling with you. We want to sit here. We want to be in our own little space. We'll say hello to you. We will say hello. We'll nod our heads. We'll make sure everything is fine. But shut the hell up. Okay? It's just that simple. So Amtrak, take it easy. Okay? And what's good about this story, and Amtrak has been right on top of it, uh, which has been great, uh, Amtrak police, uh, they haven't reported a single instance of finding or catching a potential terrorist or serious threat as a result of its suspicious activity reports. It's because uh, nobody's going to let it happen. Come on. Instead, though, it's filled the trophy case. <laughs> this story's funny. Instead, it's filled its trophy case with victories, like arresting a black woman because passengers felt she was speaking too loudly on the phone, arresting a black man because another passenger falsely stated he threatened her, and even arresting a photographer because he was taking pictures of a train for the annual Amtrak Picture Our Train competition. <laughs> and the story, get this, Amtrak policies also provide grounds for civil asset forfeiture. What? A process that allows cops to engage in highway robbery and often results in racial profiling. The documents we received include agreements between Amtrak and Las Vegas Police Department, Reno Police Department, Louisiana State Police, and officially enable a practice of confiscating money and property from passengers without due process. Also mandate equitable sharing of forfeited assets. In other words, state agencies get a cut of the assets seized by Amtrak. What the heck? criminal behavior, drug trafficking, which means that they could, if they think you're suspicious, right, you're, you're moving around, you're fidgety, you don't feel good, whatever the case is, and you're the suspicious person, you have your briefcase, you're working, in your briefcase you have a large amount of cash, which who doesn't carry around a large amount of cash, and they could take it. Now you are, you know, you are suspicious, and we are going to throw you under arrest, and we're going to confiscate your money, and then everybody gets their little cut. The different police departments in the cities gets their little cut. Uh, I think not. I think not. 
guess they get away with it. I love America. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? It's a beautiful place where you can come back from a foreign country and it's got a lot of sick people in it. And you can say to yourself, ah, I know I might get sick, but I don't care. I don't care about other people. I know it's possible that I could get sick and I could have a disease that could make a bunch of other people sick. But I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me because it's all about me. So the main judge gave Nurse Casey Hitchcock the okay to go wherever she pleases. Handing Maine a defeat. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? She still has to get checked. There's no reason or need to restrict her movements, and she just pisses me off. I was going to play some cuts from her, but then I could I knew that I, I couldn't take it because she would just make me angry. She would, I, I don't know what there's something about her. I'm not I can't put my finger on why it's why she's doing what she's doing. I just don't I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me that you would go to a foreign land and take care of really sick people is heroic. It's great work. I wouldn't do it. If I had the necessary skills, maybe I would. Because it's great work and it means a lot to so many people. However, part of doing that is the quarantine, in my view. In my view, part of doing that is the quarantine. You go, you train. I mean, I'm sure, I I don't know, but I'm sure they don't just, you know, parachute you in. There you go. Good luck. God bless. Go help people. We'll be back in uh, three months or so. If you're not here, oh well. I'm sure they give you some kind of training. The Docs Without Borders have got to get together and have you some kind of training prior to going there. So that when you sign up, you know, hey, I'm going to, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. This is what you have to wear. These are the, these are the guidelines. This is how it works. When you're in this country, don't do this. You can do this. You can do that. You can't do that. Do this. Do this. Take care of people. You do this. You do this. You do that. You do this. When you come back, when you decide it's time to come back to the United States of America, either prior to getting out of that airplane and coming into the States, or once you get to the States, you go into a quarantine at least 21 days. It might be longer if we deem that possible. Once the quarantine is over, you're free to go. And that's all part of the deal. Can't put my finger on why they're so hell-bent on not having this quarantine. Because our military is. Yeah, our military is. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? When the military goes out against the United States government and says, Oh, oh, really? Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I can't quite put my finger on just what what it is that makes them want to... Can't, can't put my finger on it. I just can't. The White House said that they don't support her. They said Thursday it didn't support the decision by the nurse in Maine. They, do, they don't support her, but he doesn't want to have 
the states set their own public. They said the spoke the spokesman for the White House said the states need to set their own public health rules. Though they believe they should be guided by science. Really? They should be guided by science, so we don't need the quarantines. It's heroic work that these people are doing, and if we have a quarantine, they won't continue to do the heroic work. Is that what you think, Mr. President? Because I don't get it, and the majority of the Americans don't get it either. So I'm not quite sure how we're doing it, but the military... The military says, hey, you know, you guys are going over to a hot zone. Yeah, uh, you're going into quarantine before you go back into population. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 1-888-900-3393. If you want to participate. If you have not heard the news, a Mexican federal district judge in Tijuana said yesterday, I'm ordering the immediate release of the U.S. Marine veteran being held in Baja, California on federal weapons charges. Andrew Tamarasi. Day 214 released and is free back in America, back in Florida. Flown back to Florida last night. Thanks to former Governor Bill Richardson, uh, former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. He assisted. Uh, he had his uh, the Governor's Foundation, the Richardson Center for Global Engagement. Uh, worked closely. He was uh, down there and he charted the flight back. And there's some pictures up on theblaze.com. Some photos of... Uh, of them waiting for Andrew and Andrew getting on the plane. And Mrs. Tamarisi, mom, looks like one of the happiest humans on earth ever. Great shot. Great shot. And uh, it was very, very, very happy to hear. I'm sure we'll uh, – I've reached out to Jill, but, you know, okay, so she's a little busy, I guess. She's all happy that her son's home. You know, she doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> I got it. Okay. So you probably hear her, uh, you know, Monday on the – Glenn Beck program, you know, the one that's syndicated all over the world, that one. Probably hear her on that show. I don't mind, though. You just hear the press release getting read on my show. <laughs> well, oh well. Anyway, that's fantastic, and she's home, and we'll, we'll, we'll hear from her as soon as possible. The press release says that uh, they're going to update everyone on their Twitter and Facebook accounts, and that uh, they will let everyone know what's going on once they get back. Andrew's going to get himself, you know, back feet back on the ground and they thanked everyone and every everything for all their prayers everyone all the media outlets that helped uh everything and they were very thankful and it was great to see and thankfully thankfully the man is home back in america where he belongs for making a wrong turn it's unbelievable now on the flip side of that just just me just me looking at the picture don't don't you know? Don't, don't kill the messenger. Although that's what messengers are for, is to get killed. By the way, you know that whole saying of "Don't kill the messenger." Eh, that's what messengers are for. You send the messenger. If he happens to get killed, that's the way it goes. Anyway, the uh, it just surprises me that it happens. Oh, the Saturday before the big election coming up this Tuesday. 
I wonder how this administration is going to spin how they did all the work. Just a thought. Just a thought from me. Just a thought from me. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Why, yes, it is. Hello. You know, if you want to participate because we are live, it's 888-900-3393. Now, you can call that number anytime you want. Now's the time to call it if you wanted to talk to me. 888-900-3393 is the number. Michael Pelka with Pura Pelka. Coming up immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. So I'm looking at this. First of all, I cannot wait for the minimum wage to be to $15 an hour. I can't wait. I can't wait. You want to know why? Because the sales are going to go down for the stores, which means the profits are going to be way down, which means they're going to have to cut workers' hours, and the prices are going to have to go up. Yay! Yay! I can't wait. Who doesn't want sales to go down, hours to be cut, profits to be lost, and prices to go up? That's America. (laughs) I know. I know. I don't understand why people don't want that $15 an hour minimum wage either. I don't. Because who doesn't want that? It's just... So, anyway, what TV shows do you watch? Really, what TV shows do you watch? I see this story that talks about the shows that, you know, Democrats like, Republicans like, equally like. There's a big list here. And the list of more often Republicans, really, hardly nothing. You know, leans a couple of shows lean toward that way. Uh, the Kelly File. Uh, Duck Dynasty on A&E, uh, Judge Jeanine uh, Primo. Those shows are leaning farther toward the right of, of the Republicans watching. Now, over here on the left, you've got, you know, for sure, The Daily Show, The Corbett Report, uh, Rachel Maddow. Those three shows are way over the line toward Democrats. And then they go down a huge list. And uh, some of these shows, I'm thinking, well, they're just shows. I mean, people just watch them, Right. Uh, the Ellen show is leaning, you know, a little bit more left than Republican. But Ellen, she put, her show is fine. Look, her, uh, Ellen's show is is what it is. It's a beautiful set. It's Ellen. She gets the big names, uh, and it's it's Ellen. She's not. You're not. You know, you're not getting uh, the heart and the soul of Ellen or her guests, but you're getting. You're getting what it is, right? That's what you get with Ellen. And it's great. I love her. Uh, you know, then uh, NCIS uh, is, uh, you know, almost in the middle, but leaning a little bit to right. Great show. Criminal Minds, same thing. Great show. Uh, two and a Half Men, thank you, Jesus. That show, I believe, we're in the final 
season of that show. That why is that still on? I have no idea. Uh, the trailers, the the commercials don't even look funny, but I guess people watch it. Sports Center, House, House is he isn't even on anymore. Right, the House that's just Netflix, the old shows. Um, Andy Griffith show. <laughs> Shut up, the Andy Griffith show. Why is this on the this list? The Andy Griffith show. The Big Bang Theory, very funny. Uh, you know, the la- latest few seasons are, you know, I guess, you know, p- massive amounts of people watch the show. It's very funny. The early years were really funny, uh, really, really funny. Uh, and then, of course, you have, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. I am going to do this. This is the kind of production you get from the Jeff Fisher show right here. Hold on. Got to find it. Got to go to my, I have to go to my music app on my Samsung S5. And what segment are we going to have right now on the Jeff Fisher Show? Hold on, here we go. The Walking Dead. How about last week's episode, huh? Okay, okay, all right, stop, stop. All right, gosh, i got to do this, stop. Stupid thing. You know, if you hit the pause button, it stops. Uh, Walking Dead's kind of right down the middle, uh, both sides, uh, equally as often, uh, Republican and Democrats, according to this, uh, according to this list. But, uh, what a tremendous season. Season five has been so far, huh? Come on. You know, it's been tremendous. Last week's episode. In, and I, I'm going to do some spoilers here for you if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it by now, why? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life, really? It's live, Sunday nights, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Okay? You follow me, at Jeffy MRA? <laughs> yeah. We're going to live tweet that bad boy every week. Okay? So if you don't want any spoilers, don't look at Twitter Sunday night, starting at 8, 9 o'clock Eastern. Because I'm live tweeting it, baby. Last week, tremendous. Tremendous. In fact, I should scroll back here and try to get to last last Sunday's night's tweets uh, during the show. Uh, because they were outstanding. Uh, no, never mind. My tweets were outstanding, too. But the show was great. The scene in the church. When Rick sets him up, leaves the church, he knows they're watching. You know he knows they're watching. He leaves the church. They come into the church. He comes back. Takes care of the old Garth homeboy. Good to see him go. Putts. Uh, they nailed him good. Uh, my man nailed him good with uh, them eating him as tainted meat. Tremendous. Tremendous. And then uh, coming back and the optics. You want to talk about optics, man. The optics on that show last week when they were, when he turn around and kneel. And you, you know that Rick is on the altar, of course. And you're kneeling, you know, Earth is kneeling at the altar. And you know that Rick is going to keep his promise. Hello. Hello. <laughs> There's no way he's not going to keep his promise. He told them uh, that he was going to kill him. And 
when they went crazy in the church and they were the the line of it's a, it's a church it's god's house no it's four walls and a roof woo woo think about it so i'm telling you the first 3 episodes of walking dead this year season 5 have been outstanding and if you are not a Walking Dead fan, what you need to do is go ahead and go to Netflix, okay, and start watching. Go from episode one. I remember, I remember, I didn't buy into it at first either. I don't know how far along they were. I think we were into, they were past. Well, it was already up on Netflix by the time I got into it, so I missed the first season or two, whatever was. The first two seasons were up, and so I've been watching for three seasons. Yeah, so that'd be right. The first two seasons were up, and. Uh, my wife said, you know, you might watch this. My, my watcher, my wife, uh, you might want to watch this. And I was like, I don't need another show in my life. I don't have time. And so I remember we're sitting down one weekend. It was a cold and rainy weekend like this weekend is right now. I went upstairs, turned out Netflix and said, Hey, let's give walking dead a shot. I went through every episode. I burned through it. Man, the first couple are tremendous. And then it just goes through the seasons. And then you are nothing but hooked. Oh, so now you're just going to go to the end? Uh, we don't want to hear that song. Ain't no grave. Going to hold my body down. <laughs> Come on. Where's the, where's the Walking Dead? This is the kind of production you get from the Jeff Fisher Show. Hold on. We're not going to go anywhere until I hear the production. This is all there is to it. This is America, and I want to hear. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I got to look at a couple things here for just a second because uh, off the air, uh, I got into a conversation about uh, television shows because of uh, uh, Walking Dead, right? Hold on, I got to find some stuff here. This is what the internet is for. This is how you type on the internet when on the radio. Um, okay, so. Walking Dead, tremendous. And just if you're not, if you haven't watched it yet, you can, you know, it's tough to step in. It's, t- I know, it's real tough to step in and sit down and watch an episode and go, ooh, wow, that's just sick and they're gross and what are they doing and they're mean and they're dirty. When you understand what happened and the disease and, and what's going on and how they're trying to survive and just trying to find out what happened in the world, then it makes more sense. So go back to the beginning, watch the first year. You could even go to the first year, watch the first year, and you'll you know you won't be completely up, but you can still start. Then you can start watching the new ones, and then maybe go back and catch up. But I'm talking off the air about Blacklist. All right, it's on NBC now. There's I don't know three or four episodes of the new season has just started. The first episode this season 
was tremendous, James Spader. Yeah, I just want you to know from me, you're welcome. It was tremendous. Uh, the episodes have been, you know, really good. Uh, the ones, shows that are up on Netflix, there's like 20 some episodes up on Netflix from the first season and stuff. And the reviews were all that the characters don't grow. And James is, James Spader is carrying the, you know, the show on his back, which is all kind of true. Uh, it turns in, I know Glenn was watching it for a little while and then he stopped and it was good because I told him, I said, I haven't heard you talk about it in a while. You must have stopped watching it because around episode seven or eight, might even have been before then, it might have been five or five or six, you realize that you really want James Spader's character to be the, the good guy. He's more of a Tony Soprano kind of guy. Uh, you know, he's the guy you like, but he's really a bad guy. And so the shows get, you know, turn into what I like to call big guy shows. And so, you know, Glenn can't watch some of the big guy shows Glenn can't watch. But you can't. Tremendous show. So then I'm talking about, well, we need to get into, uh, and then uh, my man, uh, down the line in New York City, Mr. Mr. Walking Dead, Mr. I got to watch, uh, I read the comic books and I'm really into the Walking Dead. You don't know anything, Jeff. Okay, I got it. All right, I got it. All you comic book extraordinaires on the Walking Dead and they've got to follow the, the clip of the, of the comic books and how's the show following it? Oh my God, get over it. It's a TV show. So I'm saying that, uh, you know, he's talking about Blacklist. And then I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Blacklist. If you are not into Blacklist, then you haven't. It's got to watch the killing. My gosh, this this segment brought to you by Netflix. Yes, you Netflix will own you too. They only have five billion people across the planet subscribing to Netflix and still claiming they can't make money. Yes, Netflix. Anyway, uh, the killing. Oh my gosh, what a tremendous show! And it's over. It's got, it started out on AMC and then, uh, they canceled it and then Netflix picked it up and, uh, it's, they've actually started doing, it's like a, a, they started doing it on one of the networks has a show on now that kind of mirrors the killing because it's a, it's a series, uh, of, uh, 10 shows, I think now, uh, 10 or 11 shows, that's one case. And that's what the killing did. Uh, the show is evolved into, you know, they're working on one case and all the idiosyncrasies into this case and surrounding it. And it's fascinating. The first, uh, the first 20 some episodes, uh, you go into a, the killing coma, no question. And, uh, you also, we have now the Netflix withdrawal, which is, I believe, a new, uh, psychological, uh, symptom. Which means that you go into massive Netflix binge, and then you have binge withdrawal, because you don't want to watch all the episodes like House of Cards, stuff like that. When it comes out, uh, Netflix dumps it out. Here you go. There's the season. Go have at it. There's 12 episodes. Have at it. Okay. Well, so you sit down and you want to watch all 12 because they're so good. And the killing. I mean, oh my gosh. There's you know 150. Ep- there's I don't know how many episodes there are. But the first episode, first season or two were 20, and then three and four, oh my gosh. Just fantastic. And uh, so you go through the binge, right? For those of you not familiar with Netflix binging, you start to watch a show, and you realize, hey, I really like this show. 
How many episodes are there? Oh, there's 20. Okay, well, I could watch a few more and still not be, be ahead. So then by the time you're done with four, oh, I can watch a few more. And before you know it, it's the weekend. And you've gone through 18 episodes, and you might as well watch the other two. Why go to sleep now? And now you're done. You've hit the finish. Oh, my gosh. Episode 20 is over. (sighs) I want more. And then withdrawal sets in. Netflix withdrawal. So you have to find another show to binge on. It's it's a horrible, horrible disease. Netflix. Netflix binge and then Netflix binge withdrawal. Horrible, horrible disease. I don't wish it on anyone. However, I'm going to go and maybe try and find another binge show to watch this weekend because it's cold out and I don't want to go outside. Thanks. Anybody tell you you look great yet? No? Well, you do. You look fantastic. Seriously, you look fantastic. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.